Welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. Another special edition property management episode tying in with the, Mace Property the Management. The trilogy. This is the trilogy. Yes. Uh, we will be calling this the the, the Holy Trinity of uh, late February, early March. That's what we'll call it. So, um, Guys, this is being brought to you by Deacon Hoover Real Estate and Mace Property Management. Make sure you're checking us out online, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, search for us on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Check for us on Spreaker. Um, you know, If you have a favorite podcast system that you use, type in Deacon Hoover. You will probably find uh, not only this podcast, but, realist, uh, but the Realtor Nation with Ian Hoover. So today... Mr. Deacon. Yes. Well, it seems like we have talked about when it comes to property management. First, we've talked about what is property management. Then we talked about finding new tenants. Today, let's talk about problem tenants. Yeah, we could talk about property management, problem tenants, or just you know, how to just how to interact, you know, with with our tenants. Okay. You know, we'll focus on you know what when a problem arises, what's next, what. You know what rights do you have when you need to step back and when you can, you know, step forward. Uh, the way leases are written, a lot of new, new people to the business think because your lease says one thing that, that's the way it is and that's not the way it is. It's it's really depends on the particular situation. It depends on how how much that tenant knows about their rights. It can get crazy when you have a magistrate that, when you go in front of, he's pro-tenant, and there's and you know you might there are magistrates that literally don't follow the law, but there's nothing you can do about it, and then all you can do is appeal and take it to a different court level. But when you're doing that, it's just costing you months and months of rent. So we'll go into we'll just touch on all the you know all the things that come after you put a tenant in your property and what a property management company does behind the scenes that you typically don't see. Mm -hmm. So an average landlord will be able to learn from this if they want to manage their own properties. And one of my potential clients who would who would tune in to listen to this will kind of get an idea of what goes on behind the scenes when your tenant is in place. Gotcha. Gotcha. <coughs> All right. So let's see. So but a first bullet point that I want to take from that though is it seems like be very aware that leases are almost malleable and, and so you know even though they are it is a it is a contract it sounds like uh, they're there because of rights we're gonna get into this but between rights and between knowledge leases can be somewhat malleable at times yeah I, I remember an attorney that I used to use a lot he would say um, legally speaking these are your rights right legally this is what's gonna happen or could happen practically speaking this is like the, the real world experience of how it works, practically speaking, it might be better to work with this tenant and, you know, work something out, right. you know. So we'll talk about, you know, how we treat our tenants and like how I like to treat all of our tenants and, and anybody who's uh, who wants to potentially rent, rent from us is fair. Treat everybody the same. Treat them fair. But you also have to be firm. And I think the challenge is, as a landlord not knowing what fair is and not not knowing what firm is you know you can be overly aggressive with your tenant and you can be underly aggressive so you have to know where that line is so once you get a tenant in and they have just your typical problems um, 
you need to take care of them quickly. So for example, when we get a tenant who moves in, and let's just pick on a tenant who knows how to do nothing, right? Can't tighten a screw, can't even lift a finger. And you think to yourself, well, this is kind of silly. Why am I why am I going over to fix their broken paper towel holder? Right. Sometimes you need to take care of some things initially, you know, when they just first moved in. And then sometimes you're gonna have tenants that are just they just call for every little thing. You need to know where you to put your foot down. Okay. In our lease, it I think it states that we'll pay or you're responsible up to the first fifty dollars for small repairs. So like we're not gonna come out and have somebody fix the toilet roll dispenser holder <laughs> no <laughs> because you know we're just we're not gonna have someone come out and tighten the screen door closer you right. know how the closers right. might but again you have to take care of your tenants too because mm-hmm. you don't want a little small problem to turn into a big problem because right. you don't take care of this problem you don't care take care of that problem then the tenants start looking for problems then they start finding problems um i just had an email come across a half an hour ago and a tenant sent me an email and said hey who do I speak to I just had a mold test done in my house and the levels are really high you know that could turn out to be a, a grand disaster right so I sent it over to the property manager and sent it to the owner and they're gonna have to figure it out now but when that happens you, as a as an owner you better be taking care of that or you get that tenant notice hey we're gonna get, let you out of your lease because we want to take care of this after you're gone now is this something that you know? Obviously, with with the tenants, you want to be fair but firm, and and I don't I hate to say that you want to treat people differently because you you ideally want to treat everybody the same. But are there instances, you know, like you said, you don't necessarily want to go over to tighten screws if it's maybe somebody that is disabled, or maybe it's like we talked about the the older elderly lady or the man or the woman that just really can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. are those those like exceptions that maybe you know to the rules that you know just to, if they've been a tenant for five to ten years and stuff? Are there you know are there always exceptions yeah, to the rules? There, or there are exceptions for little things like that. You know, if you're a great tenant, and you're always pay on time, and you're and you're just polite and courteous, but you're a little needy. Then you know we we try to. You know, sir, we try. We try to accommodate. You know, um, it's a balancing act. It's it's very hard business to keep the owner happy and the tenant happy because the owner never wants. You're always spending too much money for the owner, and the tenant thinks that the owner's got endless amounts of money and is just the wealthiest person on the planet and can afford to fix everything. So to keep the tenant and the owner happy is super difficult. But that's the business we chose. So that's that's what we do. So, when your tenant is maybe behind in their payments, mm-hmm. I have tenants, I literally, here, I'll go to the opposite side of the spectrum, the complete other side. We have a tenant that's been a tenant for about eight years. We've literally had to evict her about eight times. Now, eight times, I'm talking winning at the magistrate level, the eviction, and then after the eviction, there's a thing called possession. So... After you win the eviction, the tenant gets 10 days to appeal. If the tenant doesn't appeal, then you have 10 days to post their door and say, we're going to evict you physically, remove you. And you get a constable there and you change the locks. And if they're in there, you remove them. We've done it eight times with her. And every time, she gets someone to pay her rent. <laughs> and we let her back in. I will work with that woman because it's my property. I know the... 
value of having that rent come in because she's going to pay. It's just it's unbelievable why why she does this. I don't understand it. But we I collect that rent. Otherwise, if I finally get rid of her, then I'm going to have to put probably fifteen thousand into that place. Wow. You know, just because okay. it needs it needs carpet paint. It's probably going to need a kitchen. Da-da-da. Eight years, yeah. So I just work with her. But we, we evict her as soon as she gets behind. And she gets behind and she gets locked out and she comes through and it's just a process that we deal with. And in a way, isn't it, you know, I, I've always heard a saying, it's it's better to, to deal with the demons that you know than the demons that you don't know. And in a way, over eight years, you've kind of probably built some sort of, you know, rapport with her that you do kind of know her little quirks. And that, yeah, eventually you get the money, but... Yeah, yeah, she's a nice lady. She's not a problem tenant other than she doesn't pay her rent <laughs> right, and I have to evict her. But it's not like... It's part of a row house complex. I own one of them. So it's not like all the neighbors are complaining about her. If she was, if there was some drug dealing going on or, or some really bad things are happening, I would not yep. let her come back. I would just, I would say, you're out and then I'll, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case. Now, some tenants are the opposite and they are just problem tenants and I just want them gone Good. Yeah. at all costs. Yeah. You know? Now, some of our owners. It's one of the things I ask our owners, or maybe I, I, I neglect to ask, but financially, you shouldn't get into being a landlord if you don't have some sort of uh, safety net, some sort of money set aside. Because sometimes you just get a really bad tenant, and you're afraid to get rid of them. And you just can't be afraid to get rid of a tenant. If the tenant's not paying, and you've given them every opportunity, after 30 days, they still haven't caught up, and they haven't been on a payment plan, then we start the eviction process. That means we file at the magistrate level. It costs uh, you know, a certain amount of money to file. Then the magistrate gets the, the fee along with the form, and they send a letter to us and they send a letter to the tenant that here's your court date. Then we get a court date. Go to the court hearing. We typically win because if the tenant's not paying rent, it's pretty obvious why we're evicting them. Right. Now, tenants will use certain things like they'll call the health. Here's what will happen a lot. They'll call the health department like a week before the, the eviction. The health department's kind of caught on to that now. and they'll, they'll, they'll ask us, hey, we notice your tenant has filed a complaint. Are they being evicted? And we say, nice. as a matter of fact, they are. Isn't, how, isn't that something, huh? So a lot of tenants will use the health department card. Okay. And it, it can cause you problems. It just it can cause you problems. That's why buying, you know, in a, in a lower income area or a house that's old and it's in disrepair, you're going to have these issues, and those are things you're going to have to live with. What are the biggest things that typically are going to would red flag uh, that somebody could use against you or, or you know or any any landlord for health department you know for health department reasons just to kind of so people know what to kind of look out for and any, anything they'll just I mean literally like. We had one lady, uh, she had some mold in her bathroom, and she called the building inspector, and the building inspector went over there and said, you got some mold in your bathroom, why don't you just clean it? <laughs> yeah. that's a, but, but the problem is, that this, here's the thing, she already initiated this, this, this process, so now the building inspector goes out, and it's like, you know, but that's part of it. Right. What, do, what are you supposed to do as an owner or a property manager? Just ignore it? Right. We had to send someone out to look at it, you know, just to make sure it wasn't an issue. Because just I just told you a minute ago that we had an email from a lady who, as far as I know, was never even a problem. And just out of the blue, she says, the mold levels are super high in my house. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I just found out about yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't know. How about that. if we just, 
I'll get you in touch with the <laughs> owner and the property manager. We'll go from there. So problem tenants. So what do you do with a tenant like that who has a mold issue? Um, you have to weigh the, the, the pros and cons of that. I mean, you if they really want to put their foot down and dig their heels in, then you're going to have to take proper steps to get that fixed. Right. You know? And then sometimes they don't let you into the house to repair it. We've had that problem. Literally, really? we send the repairmen over and they're like, okay, we're here to fix... Oh, I can't, you can't come in now. It's not, it's not appropriate right now. Yeah. So you would think, like in a perfect world, it's not supposed to work that way. You call the tenant, they say, oh yeah, here was my complaint. Thanks for sending somebody over. They're there. They let the repairman in. The repairman does his job and everybody lives happily yeah. ever after. We get tenants that... It's not convenient right now. You have to come on a, on an evening or, or a weekend. We're like, no, we're not coming on an evening or a weekend. We're going to use the key and come in, or you're going to be there. Right. Because we have a right to do so. So when you get tenants like that, those are the ones you don't want to work with. Right. You know? Those are the ones that you won't bend over backwards for because they're just unreasonable people. Yes. That's why it's important to do your due diligence up front to make sure you're putting in the best quality tenant you can. But again, it goes back to if you're in an, a, a depressed area, higher crime, uh, low average household income, not too many people want to live there. Right. So you don't get the doctors and the attorneys and the accountants and the engineers who are moving in there. Right. You just don't. So you have to deal with what that economic area, just socially, whatever, is going to give you to live in your house. Yep. You have to pick the best of the that you can. Right. But that's what you deal with. That's why a lot of times we don't take on properties that are in like really bad neighborhoods because it's it's a challenge, man. You you work ten times as hard and make it's just it's not worth it right. financially. It's not a good business decision to, in my opinion, to buy in those areas and as a management company owner to manage properties in those areas because it's no win. We can't win. Right. Right. All right, so now, so a tenant gets behind. Here's here's our process when they're behind on rent. We're just talking about rent. We're not talking about health department issues. We're not talking about all the other issues that can come up that are that will pretty much blow your mind. We're talking about not paying your rent. So if they're not like, for for example, I worked with a girl uh, last week, and I just bought the property. She owed me. She hadn't paid rent for four months, three months. Okay. You probably ask him, well, why the hell did you let her? Because it's dead of winter. <laughs> and her place is dirty. Okay, she's very dirty. So if I get rid of her, the dead of winter, what am I stuck with? I'm stuck with the heat bills, and I'm stuck with a, a house that's filthy. And I'm just gonna let, I was going to let it ride until you know now. So we started the eviction in like, a few weeks ago. Um tax return time comes and we get this a lot this time of year uh, February March April these folks are getting their tax returns and they get caught up I was banking on that because I had nothing else to lose and lo and behold she came through and she paid all the way up through March and it's uh, it's just not even the end of February yet so I know just from experience and gut when I need to work with a tenant but in most cases, we don't do that. What we'll do is we start the eviction right away within three weeks. Like if it's February 1st and they're not paid and we give them a call and we try to work out something with them, they don't, they're not responsive, they don't set up any sort of payment plan, then we're starting the eviction at the end of the month. Okay? 
Within 10 days, typically 10 days, depending on which magistrate you're dealing with, you'll have a court hearing. On that day, we'll typically win. The tenant has 10 days to appeal. Since PA has made the laws a lot easier for the tenant to appeal, we get a lot more appeals now, but not, not as many as you think, but a lot more than we used to. So if the tenant appeals, then that delays things for another few months. And it has to go to an appeal court that's in the, in the county courthouse. Wow. During that process, the tenant has to make payments to the court okay. for the rent. Current uh, current rent, not okay. past due rent. Okay. It used to be that they'd have to pay all their past due rent in an escrow with the court. They don't have to do that anymore. They just have to pay rent currently. And you have to monitor as an owner or property manager if they're paying their rent to the court. If they're not paying their rent, then you have to file some sort of another thing that I don't even know what it is because we, but you have to file something that says, hey, this isn't fair. The tenant's not paying the rent like they were supposed to. Right. It's it's BS. A lot of paperwork, a lot of hoops to yes. jump through, and it, it's all on the landlord. It falls all back on you or the property manager. So that's why it's important to start those evictions sooner than later. And not work with people but like I said depending on the situation the time of year the condition of the property sometimes you'll work with a tenant and it has nothing to do with tenant landlord relationship it has to do with your finances so like let's say you just can't afford to have that you can't afford to do the repairs in the house we have landlords like this too they can't afford it they just like get what you can get we got tenants that are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars behind months and months and months and months behind never going to get caught up the thing, landlord's like well if they move out i got thirty thousand dollars of rehab there so just wow. just leave them in there those are honestly those are clients that we end up just giving back says i can't because that's a ticking time bomb that's something bad's going to happen roof's going to cave in who knows the house is just not conducive to good property management plus i i remember mentioning or you mentioning before too like if a house goes vacant in the winter time you're worrying about frozen pipes and then you're mm -hmm. worrying about you know like you mentioned the heating but do you leave the yeah. heating on off this you know so and especially with like the winter that we just had yeah compared to what you know our winters have been mm -hmm. this would have been a rough year for oh <laughs> yeah exactly and when a tenant's not paying you still have to provide them a good a, qual a good quality house to live in mm -hmm. So if the tenant's not paying and their heat goes out, you have to fix their heat. So when a landlord says, hey, I'm not fixing their heat, they're not paying, well, guess what? We're not managing your property either right. because we're breaking the law. <laughs> so that's the, the side of once you get a tenant in, what you need to do to make sure that the tenant's paying. If they're not, go through the proper protocol and legal procedures to get rid of them. And then you know, once they're out, then you assess the situation, what you're going to do with the property at that point. But that's just part of what we do behind the scenes that most property owners don't understand who are new to the business, who haven't owned rental property. You can own a couple duplexes in a single family home in a decent area and never ever in your lifetime deal with the stuff we deal with on a regular basis. But doing this for as long as we have, since 2002... And the volume that you guys and have. And the volume that we have, we've seen so many different scenarios that we're cognizant of all the pitfalls and hurdles and the pros and cons and where you can bend the rules and where you can't. And that's why we have to be real careful on who we, you know, who we bring on as a client 
and who we bring on as a tenant. Right. Right. Know? So the property has to be decent. The client has to be reasonable and have expectations that can be met. And then the tenants we put in, we have to do our best to screen them. And then the rest is just up to, you know, the chips fall where they may. That's, right. that's what it boils down to. So now is this something that, you know, over over time, because you have a lot of experience with this, and to anybody out there that might just be getting into landlording or even, not even necessarily landlording, if you're, if you're starting to get any kind of property management, um, I guess the best way of saying this is, and what I keep hearing is patience, patience, patience. You got to have it or else you better get out. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. You got to have patience. You got to have a... Even temperament, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, you do. No, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes I take it personal and you just, you really can't. That's just, it's just bad. So yeah, you have patience. You have to have a safety net as far as financially, like worst case scenario, you got some money set aside and you have to have some sort of resistance to, you know, risk and stress because there's, there's some risk and some stress involved in owning residential property you know, properties where you're renting them to people and their families. Right. There you go. I hope this is helpful to some of our clients or new clients that may want to come on board, like give you an insight of what Mace Property Management does and what it's all about, even if you're not hiring us as your property management company, what's what being a property manager involves when you have a problem tenant. Yep. And what are the steps to get, you know, work it out or get rid of that tenant as quickly as possible. And I think another nice thing to hammer home too is that, you know, when we said problem tenants, you know, I'm sure everybody assumed that we meant the tenants themselves. When a lot of times, yeah, that, that could be it. But it, like you said, it could be the property itself. It could be just a backlog of money. It's not necessarily always the tenant that's the problem. There's, mm -hmm. a you know, a myriad of things. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, it's the tenant. So, but that's why we labeled it this way, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen at home. So, um, Mr. Deacon. Yes, sir. What else do we have? That's it, my man. We'll, we'll be doing some more um, property management. Uh, we've done three so far. Yep. There are way more topics we can cover. Maybe we'll go into some some other ones. We'll probably get a dozen of these up on our site. So this will be helpful, like I said, to our potential clients for MACE. And it'll be helpful to our investors who want to learn a little bit about property management and help them decide you know, do they want to do this on their own or hire a management company? And if they do want to hire a management company, what questions should they be asking the management company because they're more educated? So the more educated you are, the better questions you can ask, the better decisions you can make on who you choose to hire as your CPA or your attorney mm -hmm. or your plumber or your contractor or your property manager. Start company. to build that team that we always talk yeah. about. Yeah. So again, you're always learning based, always learning. The more knowledge you have, the better questions you can ask, the better decisions you can make, the more money you can make. And the happier you will be. Mr. Deacon, you are a wonder and a gem, and we appreciate you, oh, sir. Oh, please. <laughs> thank um, you, Adam. As an Alex, thank you for your time. We know that time is money, and we greatly appreciate you taking. You know, every time we do a, a one that's a little bit longer, we do appreciate that. And I know the people at home do, too. Um, guys, if you uh, obviously you're listening to us, check us out. Uh, Maze Property Management Online. Um, what was that? What was the website for Mace oh, Property Management? Uh, our website is PittsburghPropertyManagement.com. There you go. So PittsburghPropertyManagement.com. You can also find us at DHREA.com. That's Deacon Hoover Real Estate. Find <coughs> us on there too. You guys, we have uh, we have daily blogs. We have 
all kinds of audio coming your way. Uh, sometimes we have video coming your way. We put a lot of our listings on our website, so please make sure you're hitting up those websites. We thank you for your for taking the time out to listen to this one. Uh, coming up soon in a couple episodes, we're going to talk about repairs. We're going to talk about a lot of other things dealing with property management mixed in with the other real estate investing tips that Alex brings to the table. So make sure you stay tuned for that. For Alex, the deacon of real estate, Alex Deacon himself, for everyone here at DHRE, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.